Welcome to Jason and the Movie Knots. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Carlos Rodella. And we are talking about the first Iron Man movie, which is also the first movie in the modern Marvel movie cycle, starring, of course, Robert Downey Jr. and many others. Carlos, I enjoyed this in a different way than I did when I saw it back in 2009, I believe it came out. Yeah, it came out a while ago. And I mean, when it first came out, we were just like, oh, they're going to do Avenger movies now. You know, it was a new thing. Yeah, my eyes kind of popped out of my head when I saw Nick Fury appear at the end. Yeah. Uh, it, it's clever the way they kind of weave shield throughout the movie. I think we'll get to that in our conversation. But they don't take away from the main point of the movie either, which I thought was fun. And it is locked in time. Like you said, 2008, I think, or 2009, I believe it came out one of those years. And it is you know, a time capsule because even some of the technology they use in it, which, you know, you, did you see that smartphone, the flip phone, the flip phone, there is a flip phone. It's so, but it was so high tech at the time. I was, it so was high tech at the razor. time. Yeah. And also it had video. I remember remembering seeing that scene where he flipped it over and I was like, Ooh, he's looking at video too, which yeah, I don't think they had at, at that time. The movies from 2008. That's right. Uh, the first iPhones are actually out in 2008 oh were they okay then he had an old phone then he had an older phone or maybe it was new in 2007 when they filmed it or whatever right 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 yeah so it's um it is definitely uh as we're going through this like chronological order of movies it's one of the first and it's like one of the first uh oh i guess i guess uh captain marvels as as well a a self-made mutant right or self-made avenger hero person Mm -hmm. uh it's one of those stories as well but it is about it's about Tony Stark and him following in his father's footsteps of running this technology company that essentially is a military company, uh, making a bunch of weapons. And it's it's like I said, it's of its time and kind of in the past. It really deals with the Middle East. It really deals with what it means to be at war with people in the Middle East and his role and his his father's role in this uh, company and this war machine essentially. So people talk about a three-act film. This definitely was a three-act film. There was kind of almost three different segments in it. There's Tony in Afghanistan. There's Tony building the new suit. And then there's Tony against Obadiah Stane. And I think my order of enjoyment kind of went in that order. I really enjoyed the scenes in Afghanistan because it built tension, made us feel like we liked Tony Downey portrayed him really well. I know we talked offline about the great scenes with the writing in the Jeep at the very beginning. And then the movie <laughs> lost some momentum when he, he does all the bit about building his suits. It was fun, but not quite as good. And then I kind of didn't like uh, the stain stuff nearly as much. I felt a little more hackneyed. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, we'll get to that. I don't really don't like the ending of this movie. Um, but like you said, I didn't enjoy the beginning quite a bit. Now, that being said, we also talked about this, uh, Tony Stark's, the way that he deals with women, you know, and, and you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know fully on how he is in the comics, but he's, you know, a sex, sexist asshole, right? Like, can, yeah. can we swear on this podcast? Yes, we can share, swear on this podcast. Okay. He, he's definitely a sexist. He, he, he's not sexist. He uses women. Yeah. But what's weird is that it's just so accepted, right? Yeah. And, and it is part of this like moment where we're in now where a lot of that stuff is obviously finally coming to light. And people are like, hey, wait, it was maybe bad that you were like this so many years ago, you know? 
I remember everyone liked the scene where he seduces the reporter and then she wakes up the next day and Pepper treats her like trash and all that. Yeah. I remember that being like a big laugh line when I saw the movie. And now it just rubs me a whole different way. The whole thing felt weird. The whole beginning of this movie felt weird for those parts, right? Like him talking about the woman soldier in the Jeep. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, it's a woman. And I'm like, yeah, so? <laughs> like, uh-huh. It's not that big of a deal, dude. And then he's like, oh, yeah, I was with two like models the other night. And everyone's like, woo, like, like giving him virtual high fives. It's, it's so silly. Yeah, and there's a little element of wish fulfillment in that too. You know, right. this is this is a little bit of a well, it's a geeky movie, right? And it, there's a little bit of projection of, yeah, if I was the super genius who was also super handsome and super charismatic, then I would get all the women. I wouldn't be like Elon Musk, who everyone looks at as crazy and weird. Uh, and be look at charming, right? I mean, it, it's funny how different he is from the, his real life counterparts. In the comics, though, real quick question on that follow-up is, is was he as much of a dick like in the comics as like Robert Downey Jr. plays him to be? I think he's more of a dick. I mean, comics are a weird medium because people get away with more dickishness there. Mm. He had a lot of girlfriends over the years, a lot of girlfriends, a lot of problems with alcoholism and other stuff over the years. He's also kind of a ruthless businessman, but Downey plays it up, uh, uh, you know, and it, he, he expands on that idea. Definitely. Well, I think, yeah. And I think what you're saying is true. It's like when you get to a movie, it makes that stuff come to light in a bigger way. Yeah. Right. Like on the comic book page, it's not as intense, right. As, as him actually saying it in a movie. So, so you're talking around the idea that you kind of didn't like Tony. Maybe yeah, you liked I, him less than you did when you first saw them. Oh, movie. I didn't like him at all when I saw this the second time. Like this is again, the second time is now 2021. And I probably saw it in 2008. I literally have never seen it again since. Um, I think Iron Man 2 that we'll talk about on this podcast, I've seen twice. Okay. But for some reason, this one I hadn't. And no, I, d- I didn't like him. And I'm in general, don't, I'm not a fan of the whole Robert Downey Jr. character in the Mar- in the whole Avenger MCU, really. Like, I know he had some really touching moments at the end uh, of this whole run. And I enjoyed those. And I think he's very a good actor and very human. But yeah, this character, I don't, I don't want to watch a woman, womanizing guy, whatever, be how he is. But that being said, this whole movie starts with him being captured and uh, a really bad, traumatic thing like Doctor Strange, where you have this guy who's like, supposedly has everything right. And then he gets it all taken away. And that's the part I think I enjoyed the most is that he lear- he uses his intelligence to learn how to get out of this trap in a way that only he could get out of it. I thought that was exciting to actually see him build the suit and, and do all the things he could do inside that little cave in order to give himself these new powers. And I thought it was ironic he was using his own Stark Industries weapons in order to do that. Yeah, he was MacGyvering. He was like hardcore MacGyvering. Totally MacGyvering. Yeah. And uh, and I by the way, that the old guy who helped him or the you know older man who helped him, he would not be alive without that guy. That's it. Like that's the reason Iron Man exists is that one guy who like gave him the heart. Yinsen played by Sean Taub. Well, Yinsen, you know, you created Iron Man, <laughs> essentially. Yinsen, yeah, Yinsen was the guy. Uh, the original Iron Man origin. Of course, he's in Vietnam, and Yinsen's actually this very stereotypical East Asian guy. Mm. So it was 
interesting to see him portrayed as more of a, uh, you know, fully fledged human being. I also thought the villain in those scenes was pretty compelling. Yeah, no, I, I like this first act. Like I didn't like Tony and I had some problems with him as a, you know, character or whatever, but I like how he pulled himself up from his bootstraps. Like you said, he, he MacGyvered in the cave and he made this really bad Iron Man suit and uh-huh. it saved his life and he got out of there. And yeah, the whole first act, I was like, wow, I'm enjoying myself. Like, this is fun to rewatch. And then we get to essentially what happens next. Well, we have uh, him wanting to work on his own suit now, a new suit with Jarvis. And he's there's all those scenes of him at his workshop trying to put together the suit, you know, flying into the wall and hovering above the ground and finally fly, being able to fly over the city and stuff and then figuring out he has a problem with the ice on the on the suit. All that was entertaining. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of the second act kind of stuff that you expect in a superhero movie. So in a way, I felt it was a little generic, maybe, but not really anything that that was bad. It was just um, it was fun. Well, it was the first uh, bit of comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was no levity before that. It really was just like him struggling and trying to get out of this area. And, uh, and he did. And then now it's like, oh, he can be back to being a little bit, you know, quirky and, and, and say these little one liners and stuff. But the robot companions, I really liked. I forgot how much I liked them. That one who kept fire extinguishing him, whatever. <laughs> and he got mad at him and stuff. All that stuff uh-huh. was real fun. And then uh, I couldn't stop hearing Vision, though, because Vision makes an appearance. He makes his first official appearance, really, because Jarvis is Vision. I guess so. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's WandaVision. We're in, we're, it's only what, three movies in? Yeah. No, and that was in- the first movie, really. No, I mean, like yeah, in our MCU. The third thing. movie in terms of the history of the MCU. Yeah. yeah. So our third movie into the, the timeline, and we've already got no, actually, the second movie in, we got to WandaVision. WandaVision basically started this whole idea for this podcast journey. And now the first two, uh, yeah, two of the three movies have already shown it. So you're calling out the fact that this world was built pretty strongly right from the very beginning. I think so. Uh, act two is fun, like you said, a lot of flying around. Um, and then we get to, and by the way, the whole Obadiah, is that his name? Obadiah. Uh, Jeff Bridges is great. I love him as an actor, but I was just so frustrated with the character. I know, you know, obviously there's a whole spoiler cast, but he's the one who is going to be turning out to be the bad guy. And he's already kind of shifty from the beginning, but he, he his shiftiness kind of turns up a notch. Oh, never- he goes to help people. Yeah, I never really bought Obadiah's heel turn. Yeah, it just seemed like I I didn't know where he was coming from this whole time. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's a bad guy. You were going to talk about something slightly different. Oh, no, right before we get more into him being full on bad guy, he um, Iron Man goes and and saves people in the Middle East, right? Mm -hmm. That's like a section of just like, I'm Iron Man. I'm going to use my powers. I think they had to have that to show that he was really growing to become a hero. Right. Without that, he would seem a little shallow and self-centered, I think. Yeah, he was like, he was part like of the Downey character, too. Yeah, no, I mean, that's why he made the suit, like, to his credit, the character's credit. He's like, I'm going to change my life, right? I'm going to start actually helping people. And, you know, he helped that person who was falling from the parachute. He's obviously wants to help people and do something different after he noticed his all of his weapons are basically just adding to the destruction. Uh, so yeah, this is like his showing. He made a showing of like, look, I can help people and I can, you know, beat the bad guys. 
yeah, we didn't talk at all about how he uh, gave up the or tried to give up the armament armament work. Mm. So he made that big speech and and uh, you know kind of revolutionized the way people were thinking about his business, uh, and then you know decided to give up the armaments, and that's why Obadiah is ready to kill him because he wants to keep his piece of the financial pie. I'm not sure I bought that either. First of all, I didn't not sure I bought that. Even a completely shallow man like Tony Stark didn't realize his weapons would actually hurt people. Mm. It's always seemed really implausible to me. If he's that smart, he has no emotional intelligence to realize that he like he's killing people around the world. Uh, okay, I guess. Yeah. No, I think he should know that. You're right. That is a little messed up, I think. But with the Obadiah character, yeah, like, I don't know. It just, he didn't fit in the world. I feel like it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And then it almost like comes to fruition that maybe you and I both didn't like feel his character because now he's over the top. He's got his own suit of armor that he's been working on. (laughs) Kind of comes out of nowhere. And it's even bigger than Iron Man's. And he's going to kill him. And he just happens to escape at the end with the whole uh, pepper pots helping him with some sort of explosion that helps kill um, Obadiah. But all of it, you know, there was a fight, a lot of one-liners, you know, throwing themselves around the city and him rescuing people and stuff. It just felt corny. Like that ending to me felt pretty corny. I felt so too. And yeah, that suit just didn't make any sense in context to me. I'm sure there's reasons. I'm sure they talk about it, but it felt like it really kind of came out of nowhere to me. Yeah. And it also felt very kind of contrived. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it just, it felt cookie cutter or you said, I think cookie cutter uh, fight at the end, you know, I'm not sure where else they could have gone with it though. Well, they could always gone somewhere else. Nowadays, when you start looking at series like WandaVision and series like even Falcon and um, Winter Soldier, there are ways to do things with character development. You know, it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to get you. Mm-hmm. Now I got the bigger suit. What, what's up? And also, by the way, to, to further that point, he was, you know, a businessman and kind of an evil businessman. And he has that good, he plays that character plays, or Jeff Bridges plays that character so well. They could have done some more exploratory things with that. Like, oh, well, we're going to do this to your company. Or, you know, I, th- I feel like that character would have done that. He wouldn't have been like, let me don a suit that's bigger than his suit and put that on and like and fight. You know, you would think that character would be like, no, let's just try to like get him out of the company. I'm a ruthless businessman. I should do ruthless businessman sort of things to try and defeat him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a, yeah, exactly. It just felt weird, right? Imagine screwing over some rich corporate executive. You know, screw over the, the president of Boeing and you've built a suit. Is he gonna build a suit or is he gonna take you to court? <laughs> for a hundred yeah. years right yeah yeah is he gonna oh, try I, and steal all your money in court or something yeah and it's probably easy by the way he probably could have won easier than dying he died he died why what reason did he <laughs> have to dying? this is a, a useless death oh my goodness by the way i just remembered the other bad guy in quotes uh the other enemy at least of, of tony stark in the middle east or afghanistan could have been the guy who put on the armor See, that would have made a lot more sense to me. And you would have helped, felt some sympathy for him if they had played that character up a little more. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, he was like defending and he was defending his, his hometown. And there's a whole storyline there. I don't know if he was like truly evil. They didn't really get into it enough for me to know what like the situation was. But 
yeah, I mean, it, it just felt like what this was one of the first Marvel or they their very first Marvel. The very first one they made. Yeah. So we'll cut them some slack. Let's just do that because maybe they didn't have a road roadmap. They didn't have a playbook, as they say. And I think it's done pretty well. And I like act one the best. Yeah. Okay. Rated on a 10 scale. You gave oh, here we go. You gave Captain Marvel a 7.5 and you gave Captain America 6.5, I think. Oh, are we writing these down? Or are you just guessing again? I think no, I, I said we should write them down, and you didn't. Is what happened? Is I that right? I meant to. I remember though. You okay. like you like Captain Marvel more than I did. I'm writing them down now though on my own notepad. So I'm putting six point five is what I get Captain America, and seven point five is what I gave Captain Marvel, and you gave Captain America six, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And what did you give Captain Marvel? Also a six five. Oh, a six five, much less than me. I'm more okay, critical so- than you, I think. I guess so. This is Iron Man. Here we go. Well, I didn't like it as much as Captain Marvel. Um, wow. This one's tough because I didn't like... Can we go back and change our answers? Because <laughs> it uh, is six of Captain America. I think I might have liked this. I guess I liked it less than Captain America. That's, that's tough to say because the first act I liked a lot and I was like, wow, I didn't remember how much I enjoy this origin of him because it's like a Dr. Strange origin based on that. I'd give it like a seven, but the rest of the thing, I have to knock it down a notch. I guess I'm going to say six. I give it a six. Well, we've, we've arrived at the score and that makes sense. I think you know, Captain America, it, it felt like the same way, right? Yeah. There's just something that made it not as good as it could have been. There are a lot of elements that, I liked about this movie. I liked Downey less than I remembered liking him is what it comes down to for me. I think so. I think me too. Yeah. And I did not like that third act. And I'm glad that you broke it into three acts for me to keep referencing. But it is true. Like that second was fun. You know, whatever. First one had weight to it. The third one was just silly. And I don't know why it happened. So six. Next in our watching list is Iron Man 2, which I think we'll like. Well, I remember liking it the least out of all the Marvel movies. Wait, then why did I see it twice? <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> it might have been like, you know, one of those situations where like you're with, well, back before when we, you know, hung out more often. But, uh, you know, you're with people and then you just like want to watch something and you put it on. Yeah. We'll see. But that's that came out right after then. This is it. Or did yeah. it not come after? Like a year or two later. But it is the next one in chronological order, too. Yeah, double check me, but that's what I saw on IMDb. Okay. Carlos, where, where can people find you? YouTube.com slash a lot of things. And I do Jason and the Movie Knox podcast and the Classic Comics Cavalcade podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Oh, thank you.